We're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is... I hate always doing this. I don't know. Is it October 5th or whatever. Just pretend it's October 5th today. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. Josh, yes, sir. back from vacation again. Refreshed, ready to go. Refreshed and hockey. ready to go. We have a few, three preseason games to be exact. Two against Montreal, one against Ottawa. To get through, we got our first looks at... Uh, first full looks, full 60 looks at Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray. Uh, we got a, injury developments, we'll call it. We're going to be doing some lineup predictions because right now there is some a good amount of debate, I would say, yep. on what the opening day lineup's going to be. Uh, and a little bit of around the league to finish it all off. But in terms of the preseason games, if... I don't know, if you were someone that hadn't watched any all, any of them at all, which sort of player would you have been most interested to hear how they did? And, you know, I, I think the question on Leafs Nation's mind is how is Nick Robertson playing? I think that's what everyone wants to know, wants to hear. Agreed. Um, I didn't, plain and simple. Plain and simple. I think that's very well. Oh, Woo-hoo! very well. <laughs> that's Let's what we want to hear. I mean. The numbers speak for themselves. He scored. Uh, he actually did not score last game. I'm surprised. He, he played three assists, two primary assists, one uh, secondary. Yes, yes, I'm correct on that one. Mm-hmm. And then against the Ottawa Senators, two goals, one assist, and one post. And then uh, the first game, actually, he scored as well, off uh, a little Giordano break. But Nick Robertson is really sh- like. He can rip the puck. Like, I've been critical of his shot selection, but he's now shooting it. I don't know. He's shooting his shots through traffic are really causing some havoc. Rebounds going in, actually, as well. His shots off the rush are causing problems as well. And then he's showing his little bit of playmaking flair. I mean, at times when when he was at his lowest, we'll call it, when he wasn't producing, it was, oh, he he just had a big shot in junior. That's, uh, that's why he scored all those goals. Well, no, he's showing now. He's feisty. He's he's got some pretty decent hands, and he's got a playmaking ability to his game as well. And we saw that clear as day yesterday, or against Montreal, we'll call it in uh, that last preseason game. But Nick Robertson has been having himself a preseason. I'll tell you that for free. It's, I, it's been very encouraging. He has seven points, which as of last night. Leads the entire NHL, tied with I forget Ooh, who the Timo Meyer, Timo Meyer, and some Matthew Shane, Matthew Shane, yes, okay, Timo Meyer. Oh, but, I don't know if that includes Timo Meyer against. Uh, they played a German team today. Uh, you mean Matthew Shane? No, uh, the Timo Preds. Meyer did. Oh, really? It was the Sharks played a German. Ah, team. the Preds also played a Finnish team. Did I don't they? know. Yeah, they played. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah. You're correct on that one. I think so, it was like from where. What's his name? Roman Yossi's from whatever yes. country that is. But yes. But Nick Roberts, I mean, as well, we saw some good defensive efforts, some off the rush, some little bit of cycling as well. Like, it's all looked very, very good. And that's a breath of fresh air because as I keep alluding to it, Josh, you mentioned the the check the box. You like that, Prospect tournament, I couldn't check that box there. He didn't look that good. And he didn't even even produce that well. But throughout this preseason, he has looked – very, very good. Yeah, that might be one of those things. Some of those these scenarios where these guys are in their first game back, 
it, it takes him a little while to get going. And I yeah. think that was good for him because he that was like maybe a wake up call. Okay, like mm-hmm. I coasted through this now, like it's time to turn it on. It seems like he has turned it on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's very encouraging there. Um, we'll get into the the caveat that I have with him when we do our lineup predictions there. Mm-hmm. But another guy that I really want to talk about, and he's been, you know, the announcement of the signing wasn't at the best time, we'll call it, in free agency, but that's Dennis Malgan. A very, a guy who has only played eight games for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the regular season, but is still very polarizing. And why is that? Well, he was kind of sort of traded for Mason Marchment, who had himself a great year last year while Dennis Malgan was sitting in Sweden, lighting up the world championships. But Malgan came back over, the Leafs gave him his contract. And I got to say, he has looked very good. I was showing Josh some clips before uh, before we started to record. I mean, it was like through the neutral zone, transitioning the puck, he looks tremendous. He gains that blue line, and he either makes a great pass or he pulls up and then is able to make a play from there. In tight, off the one-timer, I love how he's able to get the puck up. Usually, you know, in, in tight plays like that off quick plays, the goaltender's just trying to cover the as the bottom of the net as much mm-hmm. as they can. They're going to be down, right? So if you're able to get that puck up like he has been and how we saw, saw him score two of his goals, it's got a better chance of going in, you know, kind of uses his 60 degree there. But he's been, he's been flying out there. On top of that, like he's a 5'9 player. He's throwing a lot of hits. I think last, I don't know if he was credited with three. He had at least three or four nice hits where he gets some good velocity coming in on the guy. And he's only 5'9", but when you're moving fast like that and you throw the body, you're going to feel it, right? And as well, a term that uh, Josh likes, he's been throwing some butt to hands, which is where you get your hips into the player's hands on the four check. You know, you're not, you're not, you have a... You're smaller than the defenseman, we'll call it, so you're not going to be able to knock them over. So you throw your hips into their hands, and you're able to take the puck from them that way. Saw a couple of those. And generating chances, not playing with some tremendous line mates. I mean, earlier in the preseason, he was playing with William Nylander, and it was like, okay, well, is this because he's playing with Nylander? Well, last last game he had some good chances, and he was playing with Adam Gaudet and Alex Steves, right? So Dennis Mulligan has been great. My criticism of him has been in the defensive zone. It look, like he's a winger, which is the easiest spot to be in the defensive zone. He looks not good. I'll put it nicely. He does not look good. His That's... gap control is ugly. He's trying to blow the zone sometimes, trying to cheat a little bit too much. Um, his stick, you know, he's... And you're going to love this one, but he's got a long, long stick for relative to how tall he is. So he's not kind of moving it as quick as you can in terms of shifting positions, and it doesn't look like he knows what position it should be in. If you want to know what position it should be in, watch Zach Aston Reese. He's very good at that. But, you know, he's and by that stick not being in the right position, he's opening up lanes, allowing the defenseman to create some offense from there. So in the defensive end, he I'll say he kind of stinks. But outside of the defensive end, oh, boy, he's looking good. So... Here's the thing about Dennis Maligan. Again, I have not watched almost any preseason. I've, I was just not watching. I'll be honest. Like I'm not gonna lie. I think a lot of Leafs fans may be in the same boat. 
So I'm just listening and I'm digesting and I'm wondering. I think a lot of those things were known about Dennis Malgan ahead of time, right? We know he's a good offensive player. Offensive, the, yeah. The thing that is new is maybe he has a little more physicality to his game. Yeah. We'll never know for sure until he plays an actual exactly. NHL game, though. Exactly. When the game actually tightens up, when maybe he has less puck touches, who knows? But we know he, he can produce at, let's call it a quadruple-A level. He's probably too good for the AHL. He was too good for the league. He was in Europe. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not he can actually replicate that production against top-level NHL competition. Exactly. Because for him, I think he's either second-line left wing or he's not on the team. Yeah. It's tough to put. Like, he can get himself the puck, which is a big thing when you're playing in the bottom six. But if you're not good defensively, it's, you know, can you really trust someone like that, right? I think he, like, this is a good scenario. Though. Is, is he just another Galchenyuk, which is, would not be bad. They signed him for 750K. Like, yeah. if he's a Galchenyuk, that's probably a good outcome. So mm -hmm. maybe let's look at that. Where Galchenyuk playing in the bottom six was not very good for us. Mm -hmm. Playing on the second line, he was pretty good. Pretty good up until game five. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but looking back, like, was that a guy you wanted in your top six to contend for a Stanley Cup? No. Is he better than any players that were in Colorado's top nine? No. So there you go. That's like, if you're comparing and looking at other championship for, teams. You're talking about Galchenyuk when he's on the PTO? Galchenyuk on the Leafs that year. Yeah. Was not good enough to, he, he was not, shouldn't have been in that spot. Yeah, probably not. So I'm just saying, compared to Colorado and Tampa, who just made oh, the Stanley yeah, Cup yeah. final. Sorry, thanks for letting me clarify. That, that didn't make any sense, but. Look at Colorado and Tampa's top nine. There's no way yeah. Alex Galchenyuk 2020 would put yeah. there. Even like, at his peak for the yeah. Leafs would, would crack those lines. It didn't make sense because Galchenyuk was on a PTO with Colorado, and I believe he got injured and they caught him. Yeah. But Bednar was saying he, he looked kind of good, but he's injured now, so that's kind of sucked. That was this year? Yes, okay. that was this year. So last year he was in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Not a good year. But, yeah, and I mean, like, just watching Dennis Malgan and being like, and seeing and Robertson and other guys that weren't on the Leafs full time last year and being like, wow, that guy looks good. You know, it does bring up the memories though of the ghosts of the Leafs past. I mean, what were we saying about Josh Hosting last year? He looked yep. good. Yeah. And then uh, he Nick ended up Ritchie. being like, to be honest, like kind of an average AHL yeah, top six. Like he was like a second like line fifth NHL on player. The Leafs in score, uh, Marley's in scoring yeah. kind of like thing. a power play. Like the, the, the preseason mm -hmm. in hockey, it's thing. It's not, it's not close yeah. to like regular season hockey. It really isn't like yeah. the, the good players are probably not trying that hard. The bad players are probably trying very hard. Very hard. And when Throw I say bad, back. I mean, just like guy, they're not bad players. They're all fantastic hockey players, yeah. but the fringe players, let's say that yeah. Nick Ritchie last year, three goals in three games as well. I think Brendan uh, Perlini, they were saying, yeah, I remember he had like a seven-goal preseason. Yeah, last year, Brendan Perlini, he earned, he earned a spot in the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Josh, you were reminiscing about, uh, from the old days, uh, Brendan Kozun. Oh, man. That was a, that was a good throwback. Made he, the team off a great preseason. Great preseason, and then didn't last too, too long. But, so, what I look at with all of this, I mean, in the preseason, I feel like because the competition's not quite as high as it is in the regular season, because you you have some AHL guys mixed in there, even mm -hmm. some ECHL guys, let's be real. So if you have that one skill that is like NHL ready, such as speed or a shot, or you're you're a you're a rhinoceros in front of the net, I feel like you're gonna be able to take advantage of that yep. and score goals that you weren't going to be scoring at the NHL level because other parts of your game are missing right 
Yep. That's kind of what the story is, like guys that light up the AHL but can't do anything in the NHL. Well, they, they have parts missing to their game that aren't really to their detriment in the AHL, but they are to their detriment in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Right? Yeah. So. And that's the question I was posing with Dennis Malgan. Like, has he filled in enough gaps that Joey's saying it's looking like he may have, but yeah. let's see. My big thing, I was looking like all around the boards, board battles, like mm-hmm. being able to get the – like. What does he do with the puck kind of thing? Is he trying to do too much? Like decision making, it all looks pretty good. I, I really got, I've been really impressed by him. The one thing also with his size in board battles, he is able to, he throws the body, but then he is able to get pinned pretty easily because yeah. he's what, 5'9? How much? How much do you no, think? Probably 160. Maybe? Yeah, 176. It's not, not too, too. You're not, you're not banging. Too many guys around at that height and weight. Yeah, he's one eighty-two. That was a what wording? <laughs> that was some. Oh um, wow! <laughs> I was just gonna say uh, he feels a lot older than he is. He's only twenty-five. So, um, but yeah, nineteen ninety-seven. Born, yeah, but that's so. still. I he feels older because it feels like that Marchman trade was the Marchman trade was three years ago, and it feels like we got a guy who was an NHL like not. For sure, in NHL, he was playing in the NHL at the time, so he was. That's why a lot of people ask me at the time. They're like, "Oh, what do you think about that trade?" I'm like, "Well, we got an NHL level player, and we gave away an AHL yeah. level player, and <laughs> that that one aged pretty freaking well." Oh my God, Dennis Mulligan that year came over, played eight games, was a minus three, and had three shots on goal. <laughs> like, yep, and then wow, had a boy, and then we don't need we to look, we don't need to look up Mason Marchman again. Who? Who? He's not even on the Florida Panthers anymore. So yeah, obviously yeah, we yeah. won. We like Malgan, we still have, right? Yeah. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, any other players you can think of that stuck out maybe that people would yeah, like think, to hear about? I think Victor Mete looked mm-hmm. pretty good in terms of transitioning the puck. He's a fantastic skater. So he was able to jump up into the plays a lot. We saw against Belleville, he had a two point night. Um, really, it was uh, his goal was really nice off a good four check from Logan Shaw. And Wayne Simmons, he was free puck freed up, and he was able to hammer it home. So just in terms of making responsible plays and moving the puck up the ice, he's looked really nice. Uh, I mean, the Leafs' defense is all healthy and all signed now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I think Rasmus Sandin signed after our last episode. Did he? Yeah. Huh. No, I think he, yeah, he did. Because we recorded Tuesday. Wednesday oh, yeah, was the did. game, and then Thursday he was signed. So Sandin. Uh-huh. So, right, so we'll talk about th- we'll talk about that with the projected lineup. Yeah. But so I brought that up because it doesn't look like there's enough space for Mete. But you know injuries will arise, and let's see. I mean he's he can play both sides of the ice. He's a lefty that plays the right side. Like he he can move pretty well out there. He, he handles the puck uh, well. I mean I think he's got an underrated defensive side to his game there too. He's pretty responsible in that way. So. Let's see what he can do with the Marlies. I mean, if he rips it up and a space becomes available, well, there we go. And one thing I will say about our decors, they they are a little older. Like they're they yep. pro- knock right. on one, but there are probably going to be a couple injuries. It's just well, inevitable in a contact sport. You look last year, Carl Dahlstrom got games. There, there's always a guy. Alex Biega got games. There's always guys that need to come in and play for us. Rubens played. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, the the decor, 39 years old, Mark Giordano, 32, uh, TJ Brody, 33, Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, 28. Giordano's 38. 
30. Not anymore. 39 October 3rd. 39. Birthday was yesterday. I thought you said 32. Sorry, I, I said... I, Bro, uh, I meant Brody's, Brody's 32. Yes, um, Justin go. Hall's 30. Like, and also, like, that's an old, old decor. Up, who, what is. ends up happening? Yeah. They still got to move some money here. Yeah, there? yeah. We'll talk. We'll get into that later when we talk about the uh, uh, yeah, the lineup prediction. Yeah, it's just it I feels I, like they have more depth, more like they're one through eight defenseman depth. Like I don't think they really have to make a move. No, not at all. I, and it's weird because I, I feel like what I'm hearing on Leafs Twitter and when I like consume Leafs media, it's like. We need to make our defense better. We need to make our defense better. I, if you're if you think that you're not really paying attention, like I think our defense is good enough. I think well, I, I can I caveat that. Yes, if you move out one of the current guys for a better guy, that's it's of not course, like you of have course. To, like you but, don't have to add like a fourth or a, a four art right defenseman, like a yeah, four no. four defense three four defenseman. Like. Yeah, no. But here's the thing: who do you move out and who do you improve on? Like, is it Sandin and Lilgren? That's like gonna like that's your work the, the future at that point. Is improving on. You're not going to like this one, but Jake Muzzin and why? Because of injury. Availability. Yeah, fair enough. Like He was available when it mattered, though. That's the, that's he was. What I want to circle back to. He was very good in the playoffs. He was very good today. So. I thought but, about, what about improving on Justin Hall? That's still doable. Well, I assume Justin Hall is not going to be on the roster. So I think he's going to be a seventh defenseman. Oh, you guys no, kill. No. You guys think Justin Hall is the seventh defenseman on the Leafs? I don't think he's the seventh defenseman right Game one, you think he's now? seventh defenseman? No, absolutely well, like, not. Timothy right Lillard is going to be hurt. He's out. Oh yeah, that's true. He's out. He is. He's still not for back one yet. more week, probably into the season. I don't know. Well, because okay, here's the other thing. We were talking last week about being out until like November, possibly. That's only two weeks into the season. That's not a huge yeah. No, I thing. know, yeah. but it still that's November. still a month away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's time. Um, so maybe actually, then maybe Victor Mentic will start with the Leafs. So there's a chance. I forgot Timothy Logren is not healthy. Wow. Yeah, some great um, idea there. But job, idiots. let's let's finish up with this game. Then we can move on to some lineup predictions. Okay. One thing I want to get into with this game, though, first, before we start the lineup predictions, the power play uh, with the Montreal game specifically, because I, I got a good look on the most recent game in Montreal. Uh, the two games before wasn't too much. Didn't get a good enough look on them. Well, this game, you got a good look at the power play? Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you. Did Morgan Riley pass William Nylander the puck once? I don't know. I don't think so. I honestly can't remember that. I was more focusing on something else. I was going to... Okay, you say it first. Yeah, I was just going to talk about how, how much I loved Michael Bunting in that role in front of the net. Yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job. And yeah, obviously, John Tavares You're is stressing hurt. over right. what? John Tavares oh, is. If, if, if John Tavares isn't playing net front on the power play. Yeah, we're, we have some trouble. But I really liked Bunting's playmaking ability in front of the net. Maybe it's sticking out a lot because he assisted a goal and it was a good play. But I thought he was doing really well transitioning to between being that net front guy and being like that low. Low pass option. Yeah, I, I mean, thought he did Tavares a good job. Does a good that. job with that too. That's true. I just maybe it's just because Bunting is a little more spry. I don't know, but um, yeah, I just that's why I just wanted to comment on that because I thought it looked good. It's also preseason, so yeah. It, what do you guys think about the power play? Like just, did. Ri- I mean, my biggest issue was Morgan Riley quarterbacking it. I really gotta say, he looks not mobile enough with the puck. Like in terms of like short length movement mobility. And like when you think of mobility, I mean like taking the puck and being able to to open up to pass it to each side. He -hmm. passed it only to Austin Matthews last night. Yeah. It was the strangest thing. William Nylander was wide open. It was like, okay. But he just kept looking looking towards his left and passing it to Matthews. When you say mobility, you don't mean like physically his ability. No, he's very fast. He's a very fast player. However, like in terms of making cuts and being able to 
like fake out the the defender, almost agility, not be able maybe? to, yeah, like lateral, deception, yeah, lateral, lateral movement. movement. I thought was extremely poor, and it looked his upper body just looked stiff. Like he wasn't opening it up so that it's like there's a passing lane on each side. He did not pass it to to William Nylander once. Not on a lot of upper play. body rotation. Yes. Yeah. When you think about it. I mean, we have been very clear about the uh, power play, and we, I, I still don't think that Morgan Riley is our best option on defense for the power play. Like, Giordano played in the playoffs. He looked good. I thought Sandin two years ago against Montreal. He looked good, and when he's been getting second power play minutes, he's looked good. I don't know. It's, it'd be interesting to see. Like, What's your quarrel with, with this? Okay, if, if John Tavares... D- if Michael Bunting looks just yeah, I get it. I get if it. Michael Bunting looks better than John Tavares in front of the net. I'm not and, saying. That. And I'm Morgan Riley that. doesn't look good on the point. That is a lot of dead cap that you're using. But you can't use yes. cap money to justify where you play guys in the line. I, That's a mistake. A hundred percent. But so, they're gonna do that. I know. I understand <laughs> that. But I, I they think, will. But yes. you, it's interesting. So you're saying Morgan Riley as a left defenseman from the point is ha- was he was only passing it to, to Austin right. Matthews on his. Austin Matthews side. was on his left side. Yeah. That's odd, though. Like, well, that seems like a yeah, it e- should be easy to pass. scoop it to the other side, right? Yeah. It made no sense, but that's what it was. That's what I was watching, and I was like, I noticed something. I noticed where I was like, okay, like flip it to the other side. Nope, for I, unless he was just forcing Austin Matthew the puck, like it was very strange, and I did not like. It was something that I was hoping someone else that had watched the game picked up too, but. It was extremely weird. Yeah. And another thing with power plays though, it's also like, maybe this is the reason why, like it's a lot of not set plays, but like, it seems like the Leafs have kind of set plays around the power play. Maybe they didn't want to give away any information, almost like a NFL team in the preseason. Let's not give away any information on the power play, but yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with maybe switching up the defense on the power play. Yeah. I think one, one, uh, Interesting thing that I saw from Mike Kelly on Twitter this past week was talking about how Luke Richardson was saying on the penalty kill, they're going to start to pressure the entry more, mm-hmm. disrupt it a little bit so that the drop pass isn't as pre- prevalent. I think the Leafs are kind of prepping that, and I did see some things where it was like a double drop, like drop it towards where the boards is, and then he drops it to the middle, and then work it from there, and then mm-hmm. you have your two passing lane options. So I thought that was uh, something uh, something I noticed there that I think the Leafs are kind of getting ahead of that I think some teams are going to be Leafs should just use five forwards on the power. 100%. That's what it should be. Probably Marner or Nylander quarterbacking. Well, I mean, that's something that else that was discussed this week. That's different, though. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. And but then I, in terms of this game, yeah. uh, anything else you have? I just have one more question. So um, this is kind of like random, but like 13, I want to say 13th forward or like call, first call-up center. Um, last year it was kind of Alex. Alex Steves got a couple mm. nods, right? He got three. Got three, and uh, I. But you talked about him last podcast. I watched him a bit more this game, and I I actually liked what he did. Pontus, Pontus Holmberg. I think that good. Yeah, I think he might be the guy who gets the the next man up type situation simply because he's a less offensive, like less less offensively sound. More kind of fits the role of what you'd maybe yep. want in your head a bottom six forward to be yes sound defensively like responsible um things like that so he has the bottom six character traits yeah so whereas when you compare him to someone like Semyon Duragachensev does not yeah he does not hit he does not play along the boards he's softer and he doesn't get himself the puck Pontus Holmberg 
can play that boards game. He can feed his teammates the puck, and he is smart and responsible, knows where to be on the ice. Yeah, he could just almost be like an injury fill-in if like a guy like exactly. that, like Camp, gets hurt, kind of thing. So I like, I, I just wanted to touch on that and like reiterate what you said about him, and I was just impressed with how yeah. he played. Our thirteenth, um, it was also we have in here Abruzzi, uh, yeah, Abruzzi, as he calls himself. How did he look? Um, we're just talking about thirteen I'm forwards. I'm saying like I'm going back to oh, he scored on pre-season. Wednesday. He did not play in Belleville, and he did not play last night. It seems like he's locked in on the AHL roster right now, just giving him the year to develop. And if he has a good season, maybe it's considered he gets like some shots. He wasn't as noticeable against Montreal, I will say. Sorry, I didn't mean to change the topic. No, no, no. no, It's it's, it's in the same elk. Another guy that didn't uh, didn't really catch my attention that the Leafs were hoping would push for a spot, Joey Anderson. I just haven't seen enough from him. Like, I gotta look it up, but I do not think he's been hitting it as well as as his competition has been. Like when you look at it, Bobby McMahon in two games is credited with twelve hits. Like, yeah. And then on top of that, like I'll, I'll go through the hits list and just to show you, like there are some guys that are really scratching and clawing for roster spots. The hits leaders on the Leafs: Bobby McMahon twelve, Kyle Clifford nine, Malgin eight, Goddard seven, Steve six. Abe Kubel, six. Holmberg, six. Robertson, four. Like, there are guys that are really pushing. I haven't. I don't even know where Joey Anderson is on this. It's preseason. They probably don't even. Yeah, here he is, too. So it's yeah. like, and he has no offensive generation in there as well. Like, you know, he has not been very noticeable. It's kind of disappointing. Shame. Yeah, because then he's going to go to the AHL, and you just know he's going to light it up. <laughs> so there's that in there, too. But I like I like that you brought that up. Pontus Holmberg is uh, like last night was probably le- one of his lesser good games, but you know still I think he still is a very good player. That is is uh, someone to watch out for in terms of uh, uh, an insurance policy. We'll call him there. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the biggest one we need to get into the story of the off season is the goaltending. The goaltending. We saw full 60 from Samsonov. We saw Murray's first 40 and then his first full 60 in there as well. And I've been trying to find out as much as I can about Matt Murray, um, like in terms of playing style and everything and just watching clips and all of that. I don't know if this is confirmed. I tried to get this confirmed. I wasn't able to, but it looks like he's he's keeping his glove it, like the his elbow on his glove hand more tucked in than he was at the beginning of the season, uh, his first season with Ottawa. Okay. So not last year, the season before. On top of that, Kevin Woodley on PDO Cast did mention that his stance coming out of Pittsburgh, he wanted his stance to be more upright as opposed to wide, um, and that's something that that's a big adjustment and you know took a little bit of. Uh, took a while, especially with the injuries, to get used to that. And I think he's kind of fully acclimated, we'll call it, to it. Because he did. I did notice his stance was a little bit more upright than it was in Pittsburgh. And the reason that's a good thing you want to kind of be doing that is because when your stance is wired, wider, you're more locked in. You're less mobile. You're less likely. You're less, your blade's not as much on the ice, sitting on the ice, so you're not as able... You're not able to get as much of a good push off, right? When you think about it, like when you're wide, your blade's kind of sitting on an angle. You're not able to get a, a good push from it, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
Whereas when you're more upright, you can get you, down and you, drive, right? You, you can, can get that drive mm-hmm. from your, your foot. So he wanted to be more mobile because the game's more lateral now. So he wanted to make his stance less wide. And he's, it looks like he's getting more, he's more used to it now. And so that is a positive thing. Jamie Phillips had a great thing about how wide your stance is and how you should consider, you know, making it less wide to be able to get that stronger push. And then he said, Saros has a wide stance. He's 5'11", and he's just a freak. So <laughs> another guy like Vasilevsky, just don't try to copy because it's not going to work out. But, yeah, we saw our first full 60 with Matt Murray. Honestly, last night he made some great saves. He 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 looked, I want to say he covered a lot of the net. He's a huge goaltender. Massive. His chest I, protector looks huge. Side, side tangent, when was the last time we had a goalie that large? Like- uh, Freddie Anderson. Is he? Oh, true. 6'4", six, six, oh, okay. as well. Yeah, okay, true. pretty much the same size. But I really like the control with his game. Was like We did not see much flopping around at all. When the shots came, if there was a rebound, his recovery game was amazing too. Positionally, he looked very sound. I would keep an eye on when he goes into the reverse VH, which is that position where they go down against the post because I think he gets into that a little bit too early earlier than i would like him to but however he's six four so he can cover that a lot of the net but last night he made a couple great he made a break great breakaway save on sean monahan a fantastic slide across save on a two-on-one on on, uh your slavkowski there i mean i know it's montreal he played montreal twice so it's not the greatest competition but he looked really good i really liked i mean he's not the quickest goaltender so if the Leafs are able to m- limit that lateral movement like they were at times with Jack Campbell, I think we can got we can we got a real goaltender on our hands wow, here. Wow, that's a hot. Take. Just the, the health. That's like, a hot. The more take. I, the, I like, it still sticks in my back of my head because I'm a bit of a pessimist. But the health, if he's able to stay healthy, I I like him. Oh man, I'll give you one chance to to rejig that after ten regular season games. Sure. Okay. I mean. Hopefully, like health. That's the uh, big thing that is a sorry. Good vibes. No, no, no. You go. Like if they played bad, it you know it's 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 good that it's not a story right now. They played good, and no one's talking about the goalies right now. Yep. Yeah. They're just saying, oh, they look good, which is good. If they played bad, it'd be oh my god, it would be a disaster, which is I think good for them right now. It is. I mean, if he played bad, like you gotta also think like I'd be able to read the games and be like, well. Okay, this is two three on O's. I mean, but also you know, it does like not that it doesn't matter. Him I know that the, the media versus, heat will yeah, yeah but, that affects and it. it's never as equal like as good as he played. He'll never get as much preseason no. praise as he would playing no. bad. But for me, it makes z- no difference. Check back in for me. Yeah, game one, and then we'll. So we'll here's my that. take though that I have through those first. We'll call it what would it be sixty plus four a hundred minutes. I think Matt Murray has looked better than Ilya Samsonov. I know Samsonov did play against the Senators twice, and he was playing against, you know, Stutzel, Norris, Batherson, uh, Shabbat. Dabrinkit? Not, uh, nope. Dabrinkit? No. Did he play? Uh, he didn't play Dabrinkit. the games. Okay. No, he didn't play Dabrinkit. Um, who else was in that, that game? Giroux. No. Um, uh, the, the Friday game. Formington. Uh, no, he's, he's just got trying some to other, list He's off got some, some other <laughs> issues on his hands there. But the game Friday, he like he did get a lot of 
NHL talent in that game. Mm-hmm. And like pretty good NHL talent. I'll give them that. I'm trying to find who else. Josh Norris, Brady Kachuk was in that game. Drake Batherson, like I mentioned. I believe Dylan Gambrell, he'll be on their roster there. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, and I think that was about it, right? So some pretty good players. He gave up three. I mean, he was all right. The chances weren't stupendous, I'd say, but his upper body does not, it's not quiet. It's not, his posture when he, he gets moving around is not that great, and it's something I noticed from last year as well. Like, he is pretty quick. He's quicker than what Matt Murray is, so he's able to get across quickly, but in terms of covering the amount of net, he's not as strong there. Like, his recovery games with the puck, I was it felt like he was not that good, and playing the puck, he was horrific playing the puck Friday, and it costed him a goal, almost two as well. So, I mean, he's probably getting this next start against Detroit, so get another look, some different competition in there, but... You know, Samsonov, like, it wasn't it wasn't perfect. And, like, I, I still think, like, he, he could be all right. Like, Washington's defense was a total gong show last year. So, more of the Leafs' defense is easier to play behind. But yeah. it was not what I expected. Fair enough. And something I want to touch on with Ilya Samsonov, I'm going to be just about kind of – I don't want to say his story, but, yeah, just kind of how mm-hmm. he, like – came to be with this team like i'm sure i'm pretty sure it's been confirmed that he's had higher offer he had higher offers from other teams right he didn't get qualified as an rfa he ended up becoming a ufa least got him he from my understanding he chose to be on this team and i think that says a lot about him and his character because obviously this market is not the easiest to play in especially as a goalie and after jack campbell is left there's a massive hole that needs to be filled um and i i really commend his uh, just his ability and willingness to just kind of go after the opportunity, look for that playing yeah. time, and kind of put himself on the line. So I, that's something completely unrelated okay. to how he plays as a goaltender. Was that from the Josh Clokey article? I, I I can't remember where I saw. It. I think it was just a tweet. So I don't want to say it was Josh Clokey. Yeah. You can't you can't underestimate these things. 100%. I know some people will write it off as like that's just a narrative to play off. No, it's not. It's not. Like, yeah, yeah that goes into. Especially for goaltending yes, too, like I, it's, I think the so. mental is yeah. incredibly no, massive. Right. That is one hundred percent right. It's um, kind of uh, that's similar to a Zach Aston Reese PTO move in a weird way. A bet like betting on, your, on yourself. A bet on yourself yeah. in a, a in very a, hot market, we'll call it. Yeah, but I think it's yeah a, to even a greater degree because okay. he's the now that's the a bat, good point. Like a goalie. So and I, I'm not going to say he is like more talented than Matt Murray. I don't know how. Like I, I can I I'm not going to try and evaluate goalies, but I think that's. That's something that I was just thinking about this week, and I think just important to think about. I don't know. So I commend him, and I hope that he shows us what he's got. Are you a Samsonov guy then? It's just you're going to put him on your back, <laughs> and that's your guy, or what? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll claim him as my guy for now. One other thing Kev, Kevin Woodley mentioned on PDOcast was that one of Murray's injuries his first year in Ottawa was from treatment that the senator's staff was doing on Shocker. <laughs> Charger situation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a little Tyrod Taylor staff. Yeah. staff not, uh, not to that extent, yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. you know. So, in the same Dolphins. vein. Sorry. Oh, uh, well, that was bad. They messed up terribly. Like. Yeah. Well, the guy got fired, so the I'm sure everything's okay now. The independent neurosurgeon screwed up. <laughs> but, Jeez. 
yeah, I don't know where I was going with that Samsonov thing. I just, yeah, I thought. No, it show the mental toughness, the the willingness to play in the bright lights yeah. kind of thing. Like, he spent he spent this offseason, apparently, uh, Michael DiStefano on Leafs Lunch was saying he spent this offseason doing some different training. Yeah. So maybe that'll help him, but. Is that Al's brother? Yeah, Al's brother. <laughs> okay, I was like, who, who's that again? Yeah, that's his real name. Yeah, He's, yeah. Also, like, I don't think there's any um, exaggeration in a Toronto market to say that he probably could have made $3 million somewhere else. Well, yeah, considering the other guys who signed up. That's When you yeah. look at the other guys yeah. who, who signed, like, I think two to three is definitely could have been on the table. Especially sure. a 1997 born first, former first round pick. Yeah. Like, and he also chose to take one, like, I'm sure he could. One what, eight. Yeah. One eight for one year and then an RFA next year. He could have gone two years and become a UFA and been like, Hey, I could probably I probably have a higher chance of getting paid more of doing that, but we'll see. So yeah. um No, I like that thought process. Yeah. So Yeah. So we'll see. It was uh you know, nothing I think in terms of just the vibes around the goaltending right now, we're Very you know, we're in all we're, we're in good, good spirits. Vibes. Good vibes. Like we didn't we didn't have any collapses. We are up. The vibes are up from preseason. What about, exactly. Are you gonna do your take awesome. about like starting the season? Who starts each game? Right now? Let's get it. Let's do that when we get into open okay. game lineups <laughs> slash lineup predictions. Okay. All right. Um, in terms of other notes, I have with the preseason here, Alex Steves was really impressing me up until last game. He, he had a terrible game, unfortunately, but nice. <laughs> Freaking Gatorade water bottle. Yeah, they they are prickly, but. Alex Steves, I thought, was playing well. He, he's a lot quicker than I remember. Like, quick on the puck, not afraid to throw the body. Like, he's able to get himself the puck. That's where, you know, I didn't quite see that. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't really see that last year uh, when he came up with the Leafs and when he was with the Marlies. So, that's another guy that, another, you know, bottom six insurance guy that he can shoot the puck really well, too. So, that's uh that's a really nice thing to have in the bottom six. And that yep. was something I've been saying all offseason. Like if that guy can figure out parts to his game, like that shot in the bottom six, that can be really like really valuable. Really kind of catch you out of nowhere, we'll call it. Um last guy, Abe Kubel, really physical. I mean, we saw him with a horror like did not did I not mention a couple episodes ago he loves to take his time with the puck and then unfortunately just send it in wrong areas he did that so. last game yeah. so nice we need Horrible to like give away again temper expectations for him i think that's getting a little yeah out of hand based off some solid pre solid in a sense preseason performances he scored he wasn't really but i've seen people again the projections i've seen on twitter to be like, fair let him be a one million dollar player in our in our like yeah. third or fourth line to be fair the first thing that was said after we signed him was we expect him to fill a role similar yeah, to Ilya Mikheyev, which is like, like you've given I don't expectation. exactly. I, so he I, will I, not. I don't want to blame people for not not saying that you're blaming people. But yeah, like the expectation was set by the organization, like they set that standard. So, um, and I mean, I can set the standard. He's going to score ten or eleven <laughs> like garbage goals, but they're they're goals hey, where goals goals. he like I I kind of I tried to figure out like what's his pattern in terms of scoring, and it's like. When the puck's available in the dirty areas, he's got a he's got pretty good reaction speed where it's just whack the puck and 
Listen, I, I don't hate Works. I don't hate players who score like that because again, like we were susceptible. You need it. To, we, exactly, you need that. We were like Tampa Bay has those guys basically on their fourth line. Like those guys, those guys are other than Corey Perry. Like Pat Maroon's not a good goal scorer. He's a goal scorer because he like can find Corey Perry scores some greasy. Yeah, other than there's a lot of greasy. Yeah, ones. I guess he does score a lot of greasy ones. But it feels like we got burned a lot in the playoffs, like through From those that, goals. So like yeah. let's let's let's. Flip the script. Use that Hopefully to our advantage. Hopefully, a bottom six guy can score a goal at five on five. Other than these David Camp. Yeah, he had one five on five, right? Yeah. And yeah. Then one penalty kill. Yes. So, yeah. Um, in terms of other guys, I mean, Adam Gaudet, I've been asking around. I asked our Sens friend, Dave, um, about Adam Gaudet last year. He said he was an average skater. I like, so something must have happened this offseason because. That did not look average to me at all, unfortunately. He looked not good. And he was partially the reason that the uh, the Canadians scored yesterday. So we'll see. Maybe as the season progresses, he's able to find his stride again. Because, yeah, he does not look good in any sense. Good at winning, uh, good at puck battles, I'd say. The reason he's in those puck battles is because he gives away the puck. <laughs> so... It's unfortunate, but the yin and yang. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, once he gets sent down to the Marlies, he can start to figure out other parts to his game. There, um, and then yeah, lastly, William Nylander just looks incredible. <laughs> let's no get it going. Put it. Uh, let's get into some lineup predictions. Yeah, sounds Are good. Any other guys that you had questions on? No, I think that's great. All right, let's get into some lineup predictions. So I wanted to. I mentioned it earlier with Nick Robertson. The caveat with him in terms of the lineup, and I need to put this out there early. Even Alex Steves, Pontus Holmberg are in the same same sort of caveat. They're on an entry-level deal. They are waiver-exempt. Yeah. So the decision would become, like, do you want to risk putting Nick Robertson in the lineup over someone like Dennis Malgin? Because then someone can pick up Dennis Malgin. Or do you put them in over someone like Zach Aston-Reese? You don't sign Zach Aston-Reese? And then he's gone forever. You're not getting him back. Those are the kind of decisions that need to be made. They need to be kept in mind there, right? Yep. Yeah. But I, I do think there's a chance that they can have Malgan and one of the other two to start due to their injury, though. Their injury issues. Is that possible, Jason? Um, you're, you're, who, who are the injury issues? Well, right. I'm I'm assuming Muzzin and Tavares are both back opening week. They both skated this. I don't this. think they're. They I don't aren't? think Tavares. Okay, Tavares so if John Tavares is not, then Tavares you can have literally the Muzzin entire Marley's roster. But it, will on he here. be on LTIR? Yeah, he won't well, be on LTIR. What's the though. the cap situation with Why that? Why wouldn't he go on LTIR? Because he has to be out a certain amount of weeks. Yes. You can't just go uh, for one day. LTIR, I believe, well, is like six weeks, and he's only going to be out for three total. Oh. So well. unless there's a setback where you can retroactive LTIR. Uh, that's probably the likely scenario because um, LTIR. Well, are you sure it has to be six weeks, guys? Because like, I don't know how you roster a team. Uh, <laughs> so we're we going like eleven forwards. Like, then? yeah, because we, I'm putting with Timothy Lilligren on IR. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out what I did right now. So. I'm going to put Expected Dennis... Expected to miss at least 10 games in 24 days of the season. Okay, Who's so that? that's LTIR. LTIR. Okay, so... Mm. So that... Lilgren can't go on LTIR. So then we are... Someone has to get moved before the season <laughs> starts. Because uh, someone would have to get so moved... what's like, the cap situation? So, okay, so there? right now I have Timothy Lilgren on LTIR. I'm going to take him off mm-hmm. for the meantime. Yeah. Um, forwards, we have 12 forwards. I'm putting Dennis Malkin in for now. 
and Zach Aston Reese in for now because those guys both make – I'm having them in at 750 league minimum because that's just the easiest way to deal with it. Once you get in these little numbers, it's going to be harder to deal with. So, like, th- maybe those guys aren't on the team to start, but league minimum guys, it's just easier. So, with all with 12 forwards, 7D, and two goalies, um, our forward group no- as normal, uh, our D group as normal as it was last year, goalies obviously the same uh, as the preseason, Samson Murray – we're minus one, sorry, we're one million and two hundred thirty thousand dollars over the cap, so we would have to shed one point two, one point two five million dollars to start the season under the cap. That's why I'm assuming Timothy Lilligan will start the season on LTIR. He makes one point four million dollars. That will just have us just shy of the cap ceiling, and have us at with about one hundred sixty nine thousand in cap space. So. Oof. Yeah, it's it's definitely a sticky situation. So, one thing I was considering looking forward, I said the entire offseason, I don't think Justin Hall is going to get traded. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think I was wrong. I think he's going to be the guy to go just because, again, looking at our forward depth, trading Kerfoot, like, he makes $3.5 million, but, like, I don't know if that's the right move. I don't know if we have the correct depth to supplement it. So, like, let's operate under the assumption that Justin Hall gets traded and Timothy Lilligren's back in. That leaves us with around 769, like another league minimum contract. So that's, I think, the course of action the Leafs will be taking heading into the season. Likely so to move about, Justin Hall. Like Abramov is on IR, Carl Dahlstrom is on IR, Jordy Ben is on IR. What if you count those towards LTIR? So that actually doesn't help you at all because the whole purpose of LTIR, it's not people think it's cap circumventing. It's not. If unless you're like the Kucherov situation was cap circumventation because like. I don't know. Like he probably was, I don't know. He's probably healthy to play. Didn't end up playing throughout the year. Who knows what happened there, but you can't just, if the guy's not already on the roster, it doesn't make a difference. Well, they were on the roster. Like I, the roster I'm talking about right now would be like the, the one where we need to shed $1.2 million. Yeah. And because they're not on that, calling them up would increase our cap space by the amount they're getting paid. And then moving them on LTIR, we would only get the relief of what they're getting paid. So wait, I'm just trying to, yeah, yeah. Think it, but like they, they were on the camp roster. Yes. They never got sent down. Yes, but to start like the opening... The opening day roster, the o- yeah. opening day roster, they will be sent down because having them on this team, like uh, it would put them over the cap. So just because like there is no difference between having them on LTIR and sending them down. It is the same thing. Okay. Do you under, does that make sense? Yeah. So what it doesn't count as like a credit. It doesn't count no. as a credit because shit. You, like the whole purpose of LTIR is that like you're at eighty two and a half million dollars. You're right at the cap. Okay. Uh, Jordy Ben gets hurt, so now he can go on LTIR. Now you can exceed the cap by seven point five. Sorry, seven hundred fifty k, which is what he's currently making yeah. because he's already making that. Right. If you were to, for example, send him on waivers. You could still call up a guy for seven, like for the same amount. But again, if you send him on waivers, you risk losing him to other teams. So that's the purpose. I don't know if that's the exact purpose, but that's kind of how I rationalize the LTIR system in my head. Does not actually give you any any extra cap space. It's like okay. a mis- common misconception. Yes, it just allows you to exceed the cap. Ooh. So there's like someone has to be moved. Yes, literally like someone simple. has to be moved because there's not. Looking at this opening day roster, no one is uh, waivers exempt. The only guys who you'd consider like moving down, like you could, you can't replace guys. Like you're not gonna, yeah. 
You're not going to... Pierre Engvall back? Like, I think he's skating. I, I have Pierre Engvall on this roster as well. I need to make that clear. Um, yeah. Because that's another 2.25 mil. If he's hurt, I, 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 it was my understanding that he'd be back for, to start the year. Is that still the case? Do we know? I, I think Engvall might just go on LTIR. That, that could be it too. Because there's been not much made about exactly how far along he is in his recovery unless he's I've skating, missed something. not at full speed. So, so that, is that crazy to say he's out for another three weeks and then comes back? Absolutely not. That would, that would create another situation where we'd have a good amount of space, like similar to the Justin Hall situation. I actually I like that because um, that'll give us the flexibility to have uh, a guy like Robertson up. Yeah, no, no, honestly, I, I'm wrong. It's only gives us, it'll only allow us to carry basically one extra defenseman, which was oh, he's, what PR he's like defense. full skating almost. So um, it's tough to like. He's practicing actually right now. Someone's going to get the squeeze onto LTIR though. It's guaranteed. It has to be, or someone gets, there's either that or they have a deal in place. And then again, that's just kicking the can down the road. Yeah. As you said. If they don't have a deal in place, then that is like. I wonder if that's the strategy, just kick the can down the road far enough until like there's an actual injury. Until Muzzin gets hurt again. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're, I think that's probably what they're probably. But unfortunately, but yeah. So a little tough. Man, fuck. Honestly, like if Muzzin gets hurt, it sucks, but I'd love that guy. If he comes back for the playoffs, he'll be unreal for a hundred percent. Like just as long as he's healthy for playoffs. But there's, you know what, need. to be fair to Jake Muzzin, there's a lot of similar, like that age and playing those big minutes. A lot of guys don't play full seasons. No. Doing that, it's it's like because it's too much. You're gonna okay. Let me think of a guy. Drew Doughty. Well, that's, that's well, he got injured thing. and did not play playoffs. Yes. Yeah. So that's. I mean, I just remember. I know he thing. doesn't. It wasn't the exact same. Sorry, wait. But Nick Jalmerson is a guy. I remember he was where less minutes Mick, in the regular season. No, no, but then, he would just miss games because he played a physical brand of hockey. Okay, like, he blocked like three million. His that's blocks, the, that's yeah. the guy who comes up for me in my head. But there's other guys. If you give me like five minutes to think about them. Okay. Yeah. So. so in terms of the Leafs, the lineup projection. So it, I'm just going to assume that Pierre Engvall's not ready. Timothy Lilgren's not ready. John Tavares is not ready. Am I missing anyone? No. And if you do that, that's there's a ton of flexibility. You can call up whoever yeah. that bleep you want. So. Okay. Yes. So with those guys not ready, like who the lineup would be. Obviously, it's going to be bunting Matthews Marner to start, right? Yeah, so that's write, that's a given. Hopefully, yes. So let's write this down so that we're not. I, I have it right here on cap friendly. Don't worry. Okay, so then the second line. Yeah. And the biggest question of this entire off season, this entire preseason, the talk of the town. Well, so we'll start. William Nylander, right side, uh, right right wing, one hundred percent. So with no John Tavares, actually, I've complete. Talk of the town. This is not even. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Am I, what am I talking about? What day is it today? Anyway, so with the second line, more flexible. No John Tavares, right? Yep. So right when we 100% have William Nylander. Yep. Easy, no problem. Yeah. So then at center, we can either do Yarncrock or Kerfoot. We've been watching Kerfoot. Last game was Kerfoot. Nylander Robertson. It was working a little bit. I like the sound of that. So is that the second line? I think maybe. Maybe. I think so. <laughs> I think Kerfoot That's Nylander bad. for sure. 
I think that's like it's a very zealous. In think terms that's, of vibes and like player yeah, types, they, like, Jaron Kroc isn't a passer. He's yeah. more of a one-timer shot shot producer kind of guy. Yeah, I think with some decent speed. I think that line meshes well. So I think I think Kerfoot would mesh better, and they haven't played Jaron Kroc Nylander together at all. Mm-hmm. The, so the only thing is. I believe we need Yarncrook at center if both Engvall and John Tavares are out. Right? Because who else would we have in our other than like a Pontus Holmberg or Alex Steves or um I don't know, uh Nick Edwards says a I I, I don't Not know. Him. I ju- I'm just like that's kind of like our options, right? Like so the thing is like yeah, I think it's a hundred percent going to be. Even Keith has said, alluded to it. I think it's yeah. going to be Yarncroc or Kerfoot. Yes. How about both are playing center? Like Jason said, that's just that's what it's just which line. And I think right now, as you said, Kerfoot has the early lead. Yeah, I think Kerfoot is on that. That's, and honestly, deservedly so, though. Yeah, but were you were you saying that Kerfoot? Sorry, that Yarncroc would play on that line if John Tavares is out with Kerfoot and Nylander? Is that what you're saying? That's what no, I was understanding. Sorry. I was saying 2C is either going to be Sorry, I, or I, com- I completely misunderstood what you said. I thought I thought you were talking about Yarncrook no. being that right wing. Sorry. That's my bad. Um, I mean, in theory, you could do Kerfoot, Yarncrook, Nylander. But kind of kills your depth. That's, yeah. that's That was my point. Yeah, so that's good. I, I think Yarncrook would be better used on the third line, though. Yes. Like, as of now, he almost, like Jason said, he has to be the third line. Yeah, he has to be that So, third. okay, right now, if you had to flip a coin, is it Robertson or Mulligan playing... I, I'm going to go with Mulgan off of the simple fact that what Joey said, Nick Robertson is waiver exempt, which makes him unfortunately easily expendable. Mm-hmm. But but the situation going to the season, if John Tavares and Timothy Lilligan and Pierre Engvall are hurt and you don't really have to worry about cap situation, I think... I think they they I think you have to give Robertson a shot. Like If, yeah. if it's not a so cap casualty... My- like, rationale behind it and i understand what you're saying mulligan there because of waivers that 100 yes. percent makes sense like he's lighting up the preseason why not if you're you're a lower team with less depth like why not take a waiver on him of course arizona or whatever right so my thinking is like nylander kerfoot robertson played last game i think they're going to tip their hand more this weekend so i don't this might go da- be outdated like by tomorrow when the, the line rushes come out. However, I think they're putting Robertson in that second line left wing with Nylander. They worked well, la- they worked well last year. They, that's how Robertson got his first NHL goal. It worked well yesterday, we saw, uh, on top of that. And they, this is a guy that they've brought up and down now for, uh, for two years now. Like, and it, it, he, showed very, he showed a lot in the AHL. And he, we've seen some stints in the NHL, but not really a full one. I think he's producing enough and he's playing well enough that he's going to be in that opening day lineup. But things could change this weekend. He could have two totally crap games and Malgan could have two amazing games. And then it's like, okay, well, you're waiver exempt. You're not, you know. Yeah. So I think this weekend will be more telling. However, how it sits right now, I think Robertson's sitting in that second-line left-wing spot. And then, not to jump ahead, but you're talking about player archetypes that Cali Yarncroft is more of a shooter, and if he's on your third-line center, does that mean maybe Malgin plays on his wing? That could work, because Malgin can dish the puck. Yeah. Right? So that that could work. Um, 
I, so then the guys on contracts that we have remaining, who is who is that? So we have so Abe Kubel that needs to be in there. Abe Kubel, David Kampf, Zach Aston Reese, Callie Yarncrook, and Dennis Malgin. So we obviously need to call up one more player, assuming both Pierre Engvall and John Tavares are not going to play. So maybe that's an Adam Gaudet. Maybe that's a Joey Anderson. Ew. Ew. Maybe <laughs> Wayne Simmons. Sorry maybe that's say, a Wayne Simmons. That's, that was that was really rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really rude. I'll say this. The the team is with Tavares and Engvall, the roster is not good. Well, yeah, fair. Of course not. When you lose, you're, you're, you're losing fourteen million dollars of yeah. players. Like, yeah, is that fourteen? Eleven plus two point two five. Thirteen point two five. Okay, exactly. But so point is there. I get it. Um, yeah. So I think. So then the third line, I think we can pencil in Cali Yarncroft into center. Yeah. Right. I think. I. You know what? They've experimented with it. I wonder how they thought of what they thought of the results, but maybe you do Zach Aston Reese, Camp, Abe Kubel. I think so too. Fourth line. I think, yeah, I I think you're correct at that. That makes sense. And that's kind of what. And then third line, you do something like Yarncroc, Malgin. Fill in Clifford Uh, or no, sorry, Simmons, Clifford, whoever, Anderson, anyone really. Not it. No, it it would probably be Simmons. It would be. Hmm. I'm thinking it's more so maybe someone like Holmberg. I, I think more wishful thinking. I, I, think. I think they're yeah. gonna give like I I would like to see Steve's in that spot. Like I would like I would like to see Steve's in that spot over everyone you guys just mentioned. <laughs> like I'd like a Holmberg. I agree, I'd like a Steve's. I'd like some more youth in there. Also, but, to be fair, you have like literally the smallest and softest bottom nine forward group in the league by a mile. No, that that you, fourth line. And that's just the third line that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. There. I'm just like I I know they're going to want someone yeah. else in there. Yeah, they they do like like he does Keith likes his his grit. He does. Yeah. Like he doesn't really have that many options with it, but like again, Simmons played almost 72 so games last year. So then are are we convinced that the fourth line is going to be Zar what's Camp and Knack? Yep. Zach Aston Reese. Bobby, I would like uh, it to be. It seems like that. It's trending Knack. that way. They tried it out. So again, I think this weekend's really going to tip a ten more. But let's have some fun. Let's try to get a a lineup, I an opening day lineup with no Tavares, no Engvall, no Lilgren in there. Yeah, I I think I like the Naxak, the Naxar. Sorry. So you're going to stick with it's that? It's almost easier to say their full names. <laughs> I I would stick with that, and then just. Addition, like addition through subtraction, that second line will be some form of yarn crook, Malgin, and whoever else slots in. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I so like who that. Would it be? So, so we have okay, so we're saying yarn crook, Malgin, then who's playing? Who's that third spot going to? I, I would say Simmons because out, out of all these guys in the in, in the yeah. a, like who I I move them all in the AHL and cap friendly uh, of all these guys who could potentially play. I think that's just the guy who makes the most sense. That's the guy who's the most familiar to Sheldon Keefe. Um, and just, I, I, I think it will, it's, it's key. It's on brand for Keefe to do that. That's like kind of my, my yeah. major point in uh, saying that this is more, I'm coming at this from a more predictive angle than like what I would do angle. So, um, yeah. And it wasn't like Simmons was invisible in this. Yeah. He, he like games th- he played. threw a couple hits. Like he fought, did he, he got into a fight, correct? Yes, yeah. He, he got did. into a fight. Like 
all the stuff leveled that, Shabbat and then got into a fight with Austin Watts. Yeah, and it's never a bad thing to be a hard team to play against or a hard player to play against. I understand that he doesn't have he's not like we talked about last episode. He's nowhere near the player he used to be. He used to be an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. Age age comes for us all, so like it happens. Uh not to make it morbid, but um yeah. Uh I think that ma- that makes the most sense. But if that is the roster, I like the promise that that would then bring because I like the idea of the 2A, 2B line, which is what I'm kind of calling those two. Obviously, it's not a 2B right now with Yarn Crook and Malgan, but you stick in John Tavares and Engvall into that middle six mix, that becomes a 2A, 2B. Well, it depend- no, it doesn't. How? What if Tavares plays with Nylander? Then... Kerfoot, Yarn Crook, and Engvall is not a 2B line. That is a 3C line. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe, but... I in my head, I think if that Kerfoot line put, does well with William Nylander and Robertson, maybe then it becomes a two eight two B. That's like the angle I'm coming at it from. Where yeah, I yeah, Tavares saying, plays with Yarncrook and agree, but Engel. there's no indication so far that they ha- want to split up Tavares or Nylander. No, of course, but, but we hope. But if that that's my point though is that if that line of Kerfoot Nylander Nick Robertson plays so well that you it almost felt like last year we were talking about that that line worked well that yeah, you didn't we did. want to split it and up and then we said wow this is what it's going to be in the playoffs then they immediately sent down Robertson two days later. yes so I'm hoping that the coaching staff can have that aha moment that'd be nice that's what I, that's then I actually to be honest from. a Tavares Yarncroft Engvall line it's I good. think that could work I think it works too yeah I, I think it could work like when, when depending on what version of Cali Yarncroft we see and what version of John Tavares we see, I think honestly, like Engvall is one so of the that's guys. That's actually that's actually a very good point because what I said in a previous episode was you need those two speedier wingers uh, with t- John Tavares to kind of make up for his lack of foot speed and to help him to be able to excel in the areas that he's good. And I mean, Yarncroft's pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Engvall's pretty quick. So that's that's actually a very good point there. Yeah, and like as. Engvall is one of the guys on the team where I can almost like we know ex- almost exactly what he is. Yeah. So that kind of helps us because there's a lot of question marks as of right now. Mm-hmm. Like Engvall would be able to help in the current situation for sure. But not saying he's elite, but I, I really think on a third line supporting role with the John Tavares where he can maybe if he's, he's not the not star relied of the sh- on yeah. exactly he's not can't be the star of the show for offense but. like be a little more responsible defensively some transition work little bit of cycle work, and then the other two guys can carry more of the offensive role. I think that line can work. And that would excite me. That would make me want to watch every minute of every Leaf game if you had yeah. new lines. New lines like that. Marketing yeah. tactic. <laughs> <laughs> we did see some mix. They mixed up the lines last year, however, not, not for very long. Yeah. And not in the most ideal ways, we'll call it. Yeah. But like, took, and it took a little bit too long. Too. Yes, it took way too long to get Michael Bunting, or sorry, to get Nick Ritchie off the first line. Not even Michael Bonte on the first line to get Nick Richie. 26 games or what was Yeah, it? it's, I don't know. No, less than that. But. Too many. That's yeah. that's all I know. But, yeah, I, I that's, yeah. I, I feel like last night I was looking at their roster and, like, playing around with the lines, and I think that's where it, like, So clicked. confirmed, we have Bunting, Matthews, Marner. Yep. We have, we're saying Robertson. Robertson, Kerfoot, Nylander. Okay. And uh, then we have... S- Simmons, tentatively. Simmons, okay. Yarn Crook Center tentatively. Dennis Dennis Malkin tentatively. And then Czar, Camp, Abe, Kubel. Now, if Tavares and Engvall come back, in my head, I'd like to swap out Malgin and Simmons for Tavares and Engvall. No brainer. 
So all right. And uh, on that Mal- specific Malgan, line, it, maybe Malgan and Robertson. It's a fifty. Yeah, and then and then yeah, yeah. In that that scenario maybe yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. All right, we got our lineup. Um, and then the defense. What with Muzzin in, no Lilgren. What do we think it's looking like? Is there any chance that they do Brody and Giordano together? <laughs> they haven't done it yet. I don't did, know why. I think they played together. No, they did for. A, like a practice or something. Yeah. Or I thought it was like, I thought it was the Montreal game for a bit. They, or maybe they, they said that they haven't played together yet. I, yeah, I, they, I don't They remember. mentioned, they did, you were right. They did mention those two names, just not, they, uh, I don't know if they were playing I together. I think or, they played yeah, together. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it'd be nice to see. Yeah. So first line, I, I envision it being, uh, Riley, Mitch Marner, and, uh, <laughs> Kerfoot and Yarncrook. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild in that game. <laughs> Wednesday's game, they just like I was watch. I was at the game, and then all of a sudden, like they just like trotted out was, yarn croc on. It, it took a while to like realize. I'm like, who the hell is that on defense? Because <laughs> they said Dahlstrom and Ben are out. So yeah, yeah, they did. Our, they did a good job. No goals against. That's huge. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. Right. Anyways, so defense. Do we think it's going to be back to? Riley Brody I think so for now um but there was a report today from Jonas Jonas Siegel um about Morgan Riley I don't know if it was just a I don't I don't know exactly what it was it wasn't him outright saying that Morgan Riley is going to play the right side it's a dance we've kind of done for almost four years now is Morgan Riley going to play the right side we have a ton of left defense and what's going to happen what's going to happen but according to Siegel he did come out and come up and speak to uh, Chinoweth, who I believe is the defensive coach, is that the correct yeah. coach? Yes. He saw at practice, he saw the right and lefties. He saw that he was playing with Morgan Riley was playing with uh, Jordy Ben. And he said, Why is Jordy Ben playing on the right side? He's a left handed shot. And I think Morgan Riley thought to himself, Hey, like maybe I should be able to do that. I'm a veteran now. I've been in the league for a long time. Maybe I should learn how to do that. So I'm holding out hope that maybe he plays on the right side. But all that being said, Last practice, Razor Sandy was playing on the right side. So <laughs> maybe we see that in the season. I think it's just important to mention. It's in it's the, the yeah. least beat reporter commenting on Morgan Riley as a right defenseman. So I think it's important to say. But maybe that's just for nothing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so just thinking about how the defense shakes out. I mean, last game, Riley Brody played together predominantly. Yeah. And then it was Giordano Hole played together, which we, we've seen that combination before. So in terms of defensemen, we have Morgan Riley. On the left side, we have Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, potentially Rasmus Sandin, or Mark Giordano, and then Mark Giordano as well. Yeah. On the right side, we have TJ Brody. We have Justin Hall. Rasmus Sandin can play the right side. And then Timothy Lilgren, who is injured. I think it's simple. Now. That Lilligren's injured. Yeah. Whether Sandin likes it or not, he's playing, playing on the, the right side. side. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think there's any other. And so I, you, do you think it's going to be Riley Brody, yep. Muzzin Hole, yep. Giordano? Absolutely. So, or potentially could it be Giordano Hole, Muzzin, Sandin? Maybe, because didn't they, they toyed with Sandin, Muzzin last year, correct? Yeah. And like, I think that. Justin Hall looked better last year playing with Mark Giordano than playing with Jake Muzzin. 
So that's Mind another you, J- thing Jake to watch Muslim out hurt. for this se- this this weekend. Yeah. Rasmus Sandin, I believe, is going to be playing this weekend. I don't know which game. So watch out who's his partner going to be. If, yeah. if it's someone, if Random. it's like Philip Crawl or something like that, then that ruins everything. But, but that could actually show you more than, than what, you that think. they're going to send him to the Marlies? No, no, no. <laughs> that that like Philip Crawl is playing stand-in for Jake Muzzin. Or because like, if Jordano's playing with Hall in those in either of those games, I think that that'll tell you a lot, right? Because Jake Muzzin can't play right now. So obviously you're not going to get mm. Rasmus stand-in with Jake Muzzin. But maybe they use a, a player as like a fill-in piece for Jake Muzzin. So they could see how the other pairings work together. Does I that make sense? it would be more so than Mark Giordano. I don't think they're going to put him with an AHL guy and go from there. Like typically what they've been doing is yeah. pairing the NHL guys okay. together. That makes sense. And then... Maybe Victor Mete. Uh, switch Victor Mete. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah they're both left-handed, so they, they, can, they can figure it out. Whatever. But... Uh, yeah. That was the, my, my thinking of it. But Okay. Yeah, so I think th- this weekend, like, it's two preseason games, but it's really going to be telling what the regular season's going to look like because the regular season is right around the corner, right? So we'll see. Damn. Uh, anyway, so are we confirming we think it's going to be simply Riley Brody, Muzzin Hole? Yes. And yeah. then uh, Giordano. The, on- the, so. the only wrinkle would be swap in. Rasmus Sandin and Justin Hall. That's the only wrinkle I could foresee. Other than that, I think it's pretty much the same. Um, but yeah, that that looks like to be what we think will be the opening. If Riley process. could just play the right side, it'd make things perfect. It's almost if what there was. What would you do if you could play the right side? What would I do? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I'd put him. Uh, I don't know. I feel like people are gonna yell at me for this, but I'd put him with Rasmus Sandin and like a third pairing. Oh my god! <laughs> Get out of here. But not no, a, not play, actually a third play, pairing. You play him with Muzzin. Then you'd play Giordano with Brody, and it'd be very solid. Mm-hmm. Play him with Muzzin. Then you stick Rasmus Sandin with Justin Hall. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense than what I said. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's our opening night roster. Leafs playing. Wait, no, no. Auto, oh wait, Go, what, who okay. are the least playing? Goalies. No, who are the least? Montreal. The they're one. playing Montreal in Montreal uh, and then Washington no, in No, but it still makes sense because it's a back-to-back. Yeah. They play so, back-to-back. Yes. Uh, so both goalies are going to get a your, your theory still makes sense because they yeah, play auto after that. Yeah, they play auto after that. Let me let me just check the schedule. Hold on, because I messed this up. So who do we th- who do Joey, we think I, I honestly can't wait to hear Joey's reaction to this. Who do, who do no? It's what, a, the theory that Matt Murray can't play against Ottawa. Not because that he's he too can't. Mentally small. I didn't say that he can't. I never said That's, that he can't. I never said that he didn't have the ability to do that. I think he fully well has the ability to do that, and I hope he does have the ability to do that because if he doesn't, then we have a big problem on our hands. But. But to start the year, we do play a back-to-back Montreal and Washington, and then we play Ottawa. The funny part is in those that second and third game, the second one's a back-to-back. The third one, you're probably you're going to get different goalies in the second and third game. They're both revenge games for both our goalies. So whoever plays the first night is not going to play the second night. Whoever plays the second night will not play the third night. So will not play the third night. Yeah, whoever plays the second night probably will not play the third night. Mm, I'm not so sure about that. You don't think so? No, not at all. Whoever plays better between the two. Fair enough. Oh, I like that. That makes more. That that. makes a lot of sense. But to hear that, it's not. This is not Pee Wee hockey either. (laughs) You're 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 right. You're right. So 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 to start the year, if one goalie plays distinctly better than the other, then of course, of course. But if they both play equal, then it'll probably be whoever played the first game. Okay. So Montreal, who do you think plays the first game? 
against uh, Montreal in Montreal. I believe Matt Murray. I'm gonna go and say Ilya Samsonov. I don't know Samson. I don't think they do Samsonov against Washington. I don't. I think they do because it's gonna be on home ice. Okay. Fair. I in my head they would do the inverse. If he was playing away, they would do it. As like almost like a mm. I'm a former player. I used to play here. It's more difficult though. You're right. I mean, we've seen it with James Reimer time and time again. <laughs> like Yeah. So but um yeah, I don't know. I'm I might be a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I don't think that I think that games two and three, game two against Washington, we're gonna see Matt Marin Marina and game three against Samsona yeah. against Ottawa, we'll see I'll Samsona. I'll say now I I believe Matt Murray will be playing against Ottawa. Okay, I, I want to see it. Week. I would love to see it too because this is just such a crazy conspiracy theory. <laughs> I need I need it to be squashed. Info hockey. Info. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with an info wars <laughs> spin. Info rat. I don't know. But yeah, uh, it is a crazy conspiracy theory and it's fun to talk about because it's preseason. So, but I'm still sticking with it. I'm going to ride it out until right. until I'm proven wrong. And maybe we do like a little side bet. What do you want to do? Bar, do you want to do injury. money or? No, let's do something fun. Okay. Uh, Not Meat Mountain though. No. Something that's. Such a pain to get to. Less RBs intensive. Too. Yeah. I don't want to ever step foot into an Arby's. I never <laughs> have. Never will. Um, yeah. Uh, frick. I don't have anything off the top of my head. We'll come up with something because we, we still have one more week before. Okay. Yeah. The games we'll two because game, game we have one, another episode. So I think, we'll I think you're wrong though. You think I'm wrong? Yeah. So you're gonna join? Are you gonna double down? Is and, the bet just is Matt Murray starting game one or is it no no starting against Ottawa? Ottawa. Is okay. It, that changes it. Yeah. I but I like if if he's your opening night starter, that's way more pressure than starting against his old team, in my opinion. No. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's some scar tissue that he doesn't oh, want to yeah. open up. Okay. <laughs> some okay. mental anguish. Like, he did age 30 years, being there only three years. So. Oh, he did not. <laughs> they got an early West Coast trip this year, eh? Yeah, I noticed like crazy that. October. I think it's because didn't they have that home stint early last year? But it's year good for us because for we guys? don't get those terrible West Coast times. Did you look at the times? They're yeah, like 8 Yeah, one of them, seven. 10, 10, 37. And then, oh, eight. no, 10, 10, 37, and 8. Yeah, yeah I yeah. forgot Vegas that in there. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, oh, okay. 7 o'clock there game at Crypto.com Arena. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's close it off around the league. One yep. thing really quick I wanted to note, it looks like Logan Thompson is taking the starting job in Vegas. Uh, we kind of predicted Over that. Aiden Hill because uh, Larry B is still injured too. Okay. But, yeah. So that was one thing I wanted to note. Um, Jason Robertson is still not signed. Big, very, very big for the stars. They yeah. are night and, and day a, without him. Exactly, he was one of their top scorers last year. Yeah, so and the like, year before. Why is the Why is the hockey universe not? Why is the hockey world not paying more attention to this? Well, it's because it's Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, it's in Texas. There's and no Cooper snow Rush is taking all the headlines there. <laughs> and then we have Matt Barzell signed eight years, nine point one five AAV. That's a lot. However, he is a very, very good hockey player. It's just. The puck hasn't been going in for him enough. Yeah, that's that is a high end deal though. That's it a is. lot. So, what do you guys think of it? It's do you a like lot, it? But I mean, he's the best player on the team by a lot. I so also it's like I also think that I don't know that 
If you gave Brock Nelson six by six, I mean, it's, you, come on. You handcuff yourself there almost, but yeah. It's also, it seemed like he didn't want to go back for a while. Like there, yeah. that last contract negotiation was a big struggle. Yeah. But you compare him to most comparable contract clearly is Braden Point. Braden Point's making Braden nine Point. five for Rantanen? eight years. What did Rantanen sign for? Eight years, like nine something. But that was before, right? Yeah, it was younger. Younger years, but still, he's been over a point a game for several years in a row. Matt Barzell has only been over a point a game once. But then you look at it, he was in that heavy defensive system, Barry Trotz, yeah. right? I think he's going to have a, a big year this year. I think so, too. He's like, his micro stats tell a completely different story from his, like, like his, not, his actual stats. Like, I don't think he's going to bust. Like, the bust percentage no. is like zero. The boom percentage is probably also fairly low, though. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like the I chance mean, he ends up being 90 points like he's paid to be. I mean, that's kind of difficult considering he's a he's a passer and he's playing with, you know, the Deloitte accountant Brock Nelson <laughs> and Josh Bailey. Like I don't know. The other thing is this is an often compared to guy to Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner's production blows his out of the water in the regular season, and he also has a better points per game in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Barzell. Mitch Marner also has Austin Matthews, and again, Matt Barzell. And Austin has, Matthews also has Mitch Marner. There yeah. we go. That's that is a good. Yeah. But also, like Marner scored how many goals last year? Thirty-five. And Barzal's career high is twenty-two. So that's another thing to consider. Ooh. Okay. All right. And that has nothing to do with who you play with. If you're if you if you if you're a passer and you somehow score thirty five, I don't think that has anything to do with who you play with. Maybe you just also are a good goal scorer. Yeah, that as well. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it's it, it's a rich contract, but like he's very important to the Islanders. You have to remember that. So like relative to what the team is, I mean, I mean, it's not an overpayment. Like there's you gave you gave out some dumb dumb contracts. So to keep your best player happy. Why not get that secured for the fans? Like they still but have obviously the open wound. The issue is, is like, they, yeah. like, no, I'm not even trying to dunk on them. It's true. Like if you just lost a guy to free agency, you don't want to lose your no, neck. They're not, just miserable. You're not trying to dunk on them at all. No. <laughs> um, but you're on fire. This it's true though. Is, is that wrong? Like, like the like as a fan base. Yeah. I'm sure nobody. No they wants won to a lose. playoff round right after they lost JT and then they won. Another Are they one. back to back? Western uh, yes, Eastern Conference, yes, they like were. well, I think they got over it pretty quickly. Yeah, so they just like to scream and yell and throw stuff at J- uh, John Tavares because they're from New York, like and that's in their blood to do things like that. But and celebrate uh, Fugazi records, anyways. If you got that reference, oh yeah. <laughs> if you watch any football the last two weekends, you get that reference. You get to see some guy walk. Oh, very fun. Terrible. Very fun. It was terrible. <laughs> Uh, anywho, so Matt Barzell, good player, lousy team, lousy offensive team. I think we like the player a lot. Yeah. Bit of a rich contract for what he's produced. However, just eye test wise, he, he always catches your eye. Oh yeah. We have anything else on the docket? No, sir. I think we're good. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, please rate the show. If you're listening on Apple, please rate the show. If you're listening on, I don't anything. Your favorite platform. Rate the show please thank you everyone for listening go leave scope